From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. All right, welcome to another episode of Film Forward, everybody. The Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival is just around the corner, and it's running from August 22nd through August 24th at the Let Live Theater in West Hollywood. One of the funniest movies from this year's official selections is About a Short Film, which is written, directed, produced, and starring our guest today, Mr. Kevin Yee. I'm sure he's got like 17 other credits on that film, but we'll talk about that later. Kevin, yes. thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me. What an intro. Yeah. One of the funniest films at the Diversity Yeah, we Festival. have two comedies this year. Oh, that's it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> One of two funny films. The rest, dramatic. What can we expect from this season? We've got, we've got, we've got films from 11 different countries. Wow. Yeah. So Canada. Canada is in there. I'm one of them, but that's I, why. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> oh, so it actually, yeah, 11. So, 11 okay. countries. What are the other, like, uh, are we got there... Israel, Iran, um, Russia. We're not discriminating against Russia. Wow. Is it an LGBT Russian short film? No, oh. it's not. <laughs> but, uh, but Kevin, we appreciate yes. you being here on Film Forward. Thank you so much. I got to say, I watched your film, and I'm not... Uh, Blowing smoke up your ear. I've watched your film probably about thirteen times just because I love it so much, and That's it makes so me sweet. it makes me laugh. I watched it three times today, just like in preparation, and I was like, I'm gonna watch it again. Oh my goodness! It's really funny, guys. You guys got to come check it out. But tell us a little bit about the film. Tell the audience a little bit about the film. Sure. Well, it's a short film called About a Short Film, mm-hmm. and it's about me making a short film. <laughs> so it's like meta, as they would call it. Very meta. Um, it is like a true story. <laughs> right. But basically, if follows which actually happened and it's not even really a synopsis it's just like what happened in my life is like I had a manager who wasn't really getting me auditions and he was like you know what you should do like he was kind of at the end of his rope so this was like very sarcastically thrown at me like you know what you should do you should make like a short film and submit it to film festivals so you can get in front of industry and that's how you get auditions Kevin and like just make sure that the film is everything that you do like sing dance act write it direct (laughs) it you know choreograph it and so basically make a reel is what he was saying right and so i fired him and then a few months later <laughs> as I was, you should have. as i he was he was on his way out anyways we were we just we did not match um but then i was uh, looking up film festivals and i was like actually i think that is a really good idea i've been a filmmaker for a long time i've just not mm-hmm. been in film festivals i've mostly been creating for like online content for right. like youtube and for facebook and so what if i actually just made a short film that I could submit. Um, but of course, like I am a comedian and so my aesthetic is more sketch comedy. So I still wanted to have my own voice and my own comedy be in it. I didn't want to like go really far outside of what I am. Yeah. So I was like, what is this film about? And then I was like, I already know what it's about. It's about what exactly happened. I'm just going to put that on screen and like make some songs and make some videos. Um, and that's what I did. And But I think like it also came at a time in my life where just as an artist, I was having a lot of questions about um, success and what is success. And um, I talk about it in my film. I basically list my resume in my film. Right. <laughs> as um, I should. But uh, I talk about that I've been an artist since I was a kid. Like uh, I was an actor. My first paying job was when I was six years old. So I've been doing this for so long and I'm now in my like mid 30s. 
And what is it to be a career artist and have the highs and the lows and be at a point when I'm in my mid 30s and kind of feel like I'm at a low right now where I'm having connection issues with audiences and Mm -hmm. like I've never really been a cool kid anyway. So I've never like even though I think my work kind of skitters on the like zeitgeisty uh, I you know line right I've never been able to pull in these massive like YouTube audiences and even though I've been doing YouTube since 2007 I've definitely had videos that have gotten big I've just never had the mass audience and like what is it to be an artist and not have an audience like what do you do do you keep and and for me it's not about like giving up it's it's about like how do you keep going? How do you assess? How do you, how assess? Do you assess where you are and, and how, to move, how to move forward? Yeah. And, and it's interesting because the industry is just right now, especially in the last five years, it just seems to be in a constant state of change. And uh, so it's, it's very... Yeah, it's like the rules keep changing. And especially yeah. <laughs> since I was six, I was like, okay, at first it was really follow the rules and be as malleable as possible, have as many skills as possible. And mm-hmm. it's kind of come into this new form with YouTube and Twitter, which is not new. But in my mind, in my lifespan of right. career, it's kind of like in the later years where it's like now people are like, well, what's your authentic voice? Like, what? who are you? And it took me many years to understand what that was because I was so used to like being in roles and like hiding behind roles and other people's lines and other people's words to finally go like, well, what? Who am I? Like, right. I'm all of these things, but am I these things? And like, what does that mean to me? And then now coming to this film being like, is this even a story people want to hear? Because there there are diverse stories that I think are really hitting the zeitgeist right now and that are really hitting it big. But is a gay, Asian, male, musical theater comedian from Canada like something people want to hear? And right. if not, I think that's okay, too. It's not me being a victim and being like, oh, my life is hard. Like, I've had huge successes in my life and huge failures, and I will continue to because, like, that's what being an artist is, I think. Totally. I think. <laughs> But so it's an exploration of that. And I think it's like, so there's layers to the film, even though on the surface, it's like a six minute sassy short of me being sarcastic (laughs) (laughs) and having like a bunch of songs and making musicals. That's extremely funny. And I I mean, what it's great, you know, you have adapted basically yourself as a character in the film. Uh, The film promotes a lot of your talents, but it also promotes, you're not afraid to make fun of yourself. You're not afraid to make fun of things like our film festival, which I love. (laughs) I thought was Not everybody does, though. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure not everybody does, but I couldn't get enough of it. I appreciate Um, that. Thank you. And uh, there's one line there where you're like, it's either this or... I start a podcast. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) I've started a podcast in my life and I did one episode and then I gave up because it's hard work. It is. Do you edit it? Do you guys edit? This is the, this is the man who does it all. Afterwards, you're going to go through this and you're going to edit out what you don't want to (laughs) hear. See, that's like, that's the work. Yeah. Like I did that once and it was like an hour conversation and I didn't even do that. I was like, I'm just going to post the whole thing. (laughs) Like I'm sure no one got it interesting. uh, A lot of people do do that. So, uh, so anyways, we loved it and we loved, you know, just kind of the poking, poking, not even poking fun, but just the comedic acknowledgement of the LA hustle, which we just talked about, Mm. you know, having to be almost a, 
you know, writer slash actor slash bartender slash yoga instructor slash whatever the, you know, the hell you have to be just to kind of survive in this town. It's it's an interesting thing. Well, and they also say, like, with minorities, it's like we have to be more. Like, right, we have yeah. to have more skills. We have to be able to do everything. And so that was part of it mm-hmm. is that, like, one of the comments that gets made to me in regards to Asian people is that, like, Asian people have been excluded from Hollywood for so long that right. there's not a lot of, like, trained actors. I'm making air quotes. <laughs> trained <laughs> actors. But I think that's a lie because, like, it I'm is. sitting right here. Right. You know, and I've been doing this since I was six. I think there are a lot of people. I just don't think people— They're just not getting the roles. They're not getting the roles. They aren't getting, really, the opportunities, but they do exist. And I don't think people look hard enough because so many times—I've seen it happen— Myself on like Facebook when people are like, I'm even small things like I'm creating a short film. I'm looking for an Asian American female actress and just like a, a, a list of people come right. out. Right. Um, but then they're like, sorry, we it was too hard. Like we couldn't. We gave it to like my mom. Like, you right. know what I mean? Right. But yeah, it, it was this film was me saying like, look, I can do everything. So there's no excuse. Right. Then it is a matter of like going back to the question in my mind of like, maybe I'm just not something people want to hear right now or yet, you know, and what do you do with that? Right. Right. Tough questions. Tough questions. Tough questions, but not defeatist questions and not like victimized questions, just like actual questions about like art in general. And Mm -hmm. I think. I think that's why, like, film festivals ha- kind of half and half have embraced this film. There, I have been rejected from a lot of festivals that are really specific to my type. Right. So it's hard to take things not personally when right. you don't get into, like, the gay Asian Canadian film <laughs> festival. And I'm like, what? What, fe- what films are getting into this festival? Like, I – and it's, I'm no judgment. I, I would love to see these people and know these other artists because I don't see them personally, you know, like, right. in L.A., like – because they're Canadian too. So I, and I am Canadian. I just don't live there anymore. So I don't know these people. I would love to see what this is, but I feel like I didn't know there were that many of us. Yeah. It's... So I would like to know that. So I like kind of take it personally, but then there is a part of me too that go that goes like, well, you are making fun of festivals. Right. So like, it's going to be a very specific type of festival. And I feel like LA and Hollywood are the ones that have really embraced it. Right. It's not the ones like, and even queer festivals and gay festivals, like Outfest was the only one so far. Which and is, I, but, but I mean, he, well, that's huge. Which is the top. Yeah, it's, I went to the top. But yeah, like, it's the, like a lot of like the, you know, like gay festivals across the US and Canada have not embraced this film. And, but I'm like also like, you know, not everyone likes to be self-roasted yeah right <laughs> like especially like filmmakers and independent filmmakers it's such a serious art form sometimes yeah people sometimes have a hard time laughing at themselves which is totally okay yeah i, I just i get it uh, i think we should all laugh at ourselves for sure and i laugh it makes the days happier mm. we'll be right back with more with kevin Yi, director of about a short film The 6th Annual Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival has seven amazing blocks to offer over three days. Not sure which one you want to come to the most? No problem. Our VIP badge gets you into all the shows for one low price. Individual tickets and VIP badges are available at LADFF.com. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to Film Forward. We are here with Kevin Yee. He is the writer, director, 
star producer of the film about a short film, choreographer, caterer, caterer, <clears throat> gaffer. Um, I believe the film is dedicated <clears throat> to Kevin Yee as well. Oh yeah, just as a one <laughs> last little like slap at the audience. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the storytelling medium of musical comedy because I love doing some research on you, listen to a few of your tunes. Mm-hmm. Gay Love, <clears throat> I Fucked Your Dad. Mm, that's my biggest one. These yeah. are uh, beautiful stories told in <laughs> the art form that is musical comedy. How does one find themselves moving into musical comedy as a medium? I mean, it is very specific, isn't it? It and is, but it's. But I mean, <laughs> some people have made themselves very successful from Weird Al yeah. Yankovic, Bo, Bo Burnham. It's interesting because I feel like there people have become really big with musical comedy, but it's never really been a big thing. Right, yeah. Like, it's never been like, this is the new wave of comedy. Whereas, right. like, right now it's, it's like, storytelling, indie, kind of, like, um, social justice stuff. Right. Like, it's never been, like, musical comedy is the hottest new comedy. Right. It's a weird story. I actually have a music background. Mm-hmm. So when I was a teenager, I was 15, I got signed to Warner Brothers Records in a boy band. Oh! <laughs> yes. So I was in a boy band for three years that no one's ever heard of. It's called Youth Asylum. We were called Youth Asylum. <laughs> and we had, oh, like, nice. one music video that went, like, top five on the Disney Channel. We were super teeny bopper um and the box i don't know if you remember the box mm-hmm. um but during that time that's like when i learned how to write music and produce music and we worked with like some of the biggest producers out there so like i got this like crash course in music making and then it all like the whole thing crashed and burned <laughs> and we like got dropped from our label and we were also terrible so we kind of deserved to be dropped from our label but um, it was like the heat of boy band craze. Well, or? that was the problem is we started too late gotcha. and then we ended like when 98 degrees was already like kind of teetering. OK, out. so yep. there was like no market for us anymore. Once Nick Lachey ruined everything. It, it was over. Yeah, it was over. I mean, and boy bands have kind of like come back. I mean, no, they have. What's the yeah. name? That British what well, anyways and the and the korean the k-pop korean, stars yeah they're huge yeah so it's like kind of gone in and out but at that wave like we were too late mm-hmm. um and so like the career and and there's a, like another layer to it where like i was not out of the closet but i knew that i was gay and i was a very effeminate kid and am now and and so the record label was like trying to quell that a lot i never like said that i was gay but there were a lot of closed door meetings mm-hmm. where they were like you're acting gay and you can't be, you know, that. We're like a boy band. We're selling to girls. You know right. what I mean? This is how you walk. This is how you dress. <laughs> it was like literally like I, I was given lessons on wow. how to be like a straight acting boy band member. Um, so after that, it was like I felt like I couldn't have a music career because I decided to come out of the closet. Like right after that happened, I was like, I'm miserable. This has been a really hard time of my life. It was like from age 15 to 18, like hiding who you are. I was like, I have to come out of the closet. But coming out of the closet meant giving up my music career and like my music dreams. But in saying that, like it never that passion never left me. I really love writing music. So yeah. I kept writing music and kept like producing music and like I even released an album of just like serious pop songs and then I think just my aesthetic changed and my like view on the world changed and I started to like just write weird songs and funny songs and then YouTube happened and I started to like make 
and this is also where my filmmaking came into play where I was like, I just want to make funny music videos. Right. And so I would like take these weird songs that I wrote and like I learned to edit myself and like, you know, um, how to direct and all of that just to make these like music videos. And they were these funny music videos. And during this time, I was like um, a Broadway like chorus boy. So I was like, I was working, but I wasn't really pursuing my comedy music Mm -hmm. full out. And then I did like 10 years of Broadway shows and I just like wrecked my body. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I think I need to move. I need to figure out a way to move on. And I was also like struggling with like, what is my voice? Like that's when kind of that conversation came into play. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I have all these like weird, funny songs that I've collected over like decades of writing music. I've like, at that point I'd written like, you know, 15 years worth of songs. And I was like, I wonder what this is, if it's like stand up or is it um, cabaret? And I was like, you know, I think it's stand up because if I'm if my goal is to like find my most authentic voice and who am I, then mm-hmm. stand up, I think, is the most authentic way to do that. Absolutely. And so not all of my comedy songs work on a stage, but um, a lot of them do. And so I, I've kind of taken them and I've put them into a stand up form. Right. So it kind of is like a path that like no one else would ever take. And it took me like, you know, 20 years to get here. But um, I feel like I I figured out what my comedy music voice is. And it's interesting because like I said, I don't think it ever becomes this big thing, musical comedy. So even when I like look at I'm not that familiar with Bo Burnham's work, but like even, um, you know, Weird Al, like everybody seems to have a different way of like presenting comedy music. Right. And for me, or it's Adam like, Sandler, like or Adam Sandler. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's just, I'm, they're pop songs. Mm-hmm. I wrote pop. I used to write pop songs. They're kind of boy band songs, but they're just about weird things. They that just I happen think to about. be fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I, I try to make them as gay as possible and or Asian as possible because right. like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about writing now. You, you've talked about writing music and how the, your experience in, in, in that boy band helped that. How does your approach of writing your songs compare to writing your stand-up bits or your films? Because they're all very different mediums. So do you have a different approach for writing those three mediums or do you kind of do it approach it all in the same way? That's a good question. <laughs> I would say they are different because I, I would say the one underlying thing is that the concept has to be strong enough mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Right. Um, with music, it's easier for me because I do have a music background. So like it and that I can't really tell you what how it works, because sometimes it is melody first. Right. Sometimes it, it's concept first. Sometimes it's lyrics first. Like I don't really have like a set way of doing that um, with stand up. Stand up is hard for me too because I'm not really a punchliney. I'm more satirical. Right. So my so I've been like doing stand up full time for like seven years. I have maybe like half an hour's worth of jokes, which isn't that much when you think about about it. With scripts, like scripts are hard, and I think every writer in general, like I can't. Is there any writer that's ever like writing is easy? I don't. Feel no. Like, yeah, I feel like writing's harder. No, no, no. For everyone, for me, with writing scripts. It's, yeah, it's finding a concept and then just going for it because you have a blank page. And this I guess this is for also like stand-up and for um, music too. It's like you have a blank page. It's your responsibility to fill that page. Mm-hmm. And if the story is strong enough, then it will come to you. Um, 
And so I'm a pretty fast writer because of that, because I realize like it's only up to me. And I also don't believe like if it's a work of fiction and there's no source material, then I don't think there's like a right and wrong. And I don't think that I think there's like a stronger or different path. But for me, it's just like writing scripts is just like I start. I start and I go. And I, it, a lot of it is instinctual because I'm not trained. I never went to school for like uh, script writing. So it's instinctual. And like as an actor, it's also about like how I would talk. Mm-hmm. And like so I improv a lot of it. It's kind of like improv out of me. I don't really... Uh, so I don't really storyboard. Right. Because and but that's like a that's a hit and miss thing too. Cuz sometimes like y- you want that. You want to know where the story's going. I feel like I just have like a basic concept of where I'm going and then I just go for it. Yeah. And if this if the concept is strong enough, then it comes out of me. And sometimes I do push on cuz I feel like once you push on like you get you understand the story more and where it should go. But I don't think I don't think it's easy for anyone. Like oh, script no. writing is the hardest thing yeah. type of writing, I think. It's tough. Um, but music tough, too but is fun. Like, it is fun and it's the purest form of getting your story out, mm-hmm. I think. So it's it's it. it's the most productive way to get pages down is to just I don't want this to sound uh in a bad way, but like to just vomit it out, just yes. to get it all out because you can always go back and edit it. But the toughest part is to just actually get the concept, the idea, the, the, the bones of it down on paper and then make it perfect later. Real quick, before we go into our last segment, just cause I'm curious, what are, <clears throat> what are some of uh, your favorite stand up comedians growing up or comedians mm-hmm. that inspired you? I mean, Margaret Cho was like the mm-hmm. main I think Margaret Cho was the first person that I ever saw a full hour special and I didn't understand how stand-up worked. And I thought that she had just like come up with come that, up with that off out of nothing, like off the cuff. And I was like, oh no, I could never do stand-up. And then like years later, I realized that it's all written and prepared. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. It's like free and like improvised, but like within a set like script for but the most part. that's a skill and it's just to make it feel like it's coming just, you know, off the top of your head is uh, is a great skill that I think is kind of going away in stand-up. People are getting less and less afraid of, like, going up there and, like, this is a rehearsed bit, um, which seems a little off to me. So you feel like it's too polished? I feel like stuff is too polished now, yeah. Interesting. Where do you see comedy? (laughs) (laughs) Not the rooms I do. I also liked Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Okay, cool. I didn't... Oh, is that really on Netflix good. or? It's on Netflix. Okay, too. cool. I'll check it out. So yeah, there, people are doing good stand up right now. Oh, oh yeah, I should it's... also say no. My favorite stand up special is my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Please watch it on Hulu. I actually don't even know if it'll be on Hulu by the time this comes out because it was licensed for a year and okay. I, it's coming up in August and I don't know if it's actually being extended. But if not, I'm sure you'll be able to find it somehow bootlegged on my website. KevinYee.com. KevinYee.com, yeah. The best gay Asian comedian musical theater. From Canada. From Canada. Comedian working today. Specifically this day. You heard it here first, guys. We'll be right back with Kevin Yee. He's going to give us three. That rhymes. Ooh. If you like the music in our show, all songs are performed by the band Dub8. Check out their new EP, Ayudame, available on iTunes and Spotify. 
All right, welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We're here chatting with Kevin Yee, and he is about to give me three. Ooh. Um, so, Kevin, give us your first one. Oh, my gosh. I This is the thing. I was like, you you warned me that this was going to happen. Uh-huh. I am so basic. Like, I don't really watch indie movies. We're going to judge you. you guys don't We're know. We're going to judge you. No, I was like, I was literally going to Google and be like, oh, no, this is like the art and the like, you know. What's everybody talking what about? What this means. And yeah. Like, no, it's okay. We I won't judge my, you. My favorite thing, though, is I saw Jaws. This is not one of them, but I yeah. saw Jaws recently. And my favorite thing now is to tell filmmakers that Jaws wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> because you just see their heads, like, explode. They're like, that's a cinematic masterpiece. I just say Jaws because, like, I, I'm not trained, but I used to take, like, a few, like, filmmaking classes here and there just right. like one week courses and everyone would like use jaws as the example and then i finally saw it at the forever cemetery is that what you call it the forever uh, hollywood? hollywood forever cemetery that one and i was like this is long <laughs> <laughs> i think i think jaws is i think jaws is more famous like it's a it's a good movie yeah, yeah um i but i think it's more famous for what it did like the groundbreaking stuff it did at the box office oh, more yeah. so than the groundbreaking stuff it did like on the screen. Well, that's not what filmmakers would say, but well. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like the one scene where, okay, here's a list of things. Cool. I know, I'm not going to give you three. I'm going to give you random. Okay, cool. Well, okay, here are the two like indie films that I've seen <laughs> recently. I do go to these film festivals. I just, honestly, I pick the shorts yeah, over the features because totally like cool. shorts, if you don't like it, it's not going to be that long. Right. Features you gotta like settle in for an hour and a half of like what? That's an excellent approach. Um, this sounds so bad for a filmmaking podcast. <laughs> um, I saw Shoplifters. Did you guys? See Shoplifters? Oh, Shoplifters was my one That's of my favorite pick. films of last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good and Asian people. So thank you for supporting that. Another mm-hmm. Asian film is The Farewell. I saw that. For free. I have not watched that yet, but it's at the top of my list. I it's think it's great. just come out. Aquafina is so good. She's g- speaking of YouTube people. Like she I mean, started in YouTube as a rapper or something too. Yeah, Aquafina. My God, uh, in a few short years, has been able to really show her range. It's yeah. it's. She's, well, the farewell is pretty dramatic. I mean, it's a comedy, right. but her role is very dramatic. Right. Um, and she commits to it. So she's obviously very talented. Yeah. That's what I think is interesting about she's going viral package. and like videos and ge- YouTube and social media in general is like some people are really talented mm-hmm. and some people are not. That's the, that is also true. And it true. does not matter yes. on YouTube because <laughs> they'll both go viral. So we got shop. So here's like basic. Here's just basic stuff. Oh, well, okay. Here's one that because you were saying like that your audience might not know. Yeah. Is um so this is actually not a film. It's a musical, but they filmed it. They filmed the stage production. Okay. And it's called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And okay. you can see it bootlegged on YouTube. Perfect. <laughs> the whole thing. Um, that's free, y'all. That's free. It's under a different name, too. Okay. But I can't remember what it was. But the <laughs> thing about, the reason I pointed that out was because there's another musical called The Prom. Okay. That's on, that just closed on Broadway that Ryan Murphy is making into a movie. Mm. And I think... Everything's talking about everybody's talking about Jamie is better. Okay, but they're both LGBT related, so I just I feel like people should watch both just to see what they like better. Compare and contrast. Compare and contrast. Um, it's about a gay drag queen. Okay, perfect. I know, and I'm that's kind of my thing. Queens. It's like pop songs and yeah. stuff. Do you like Spy? <laughs> spy. <laughs> I told you I'm basic. What is Melissa wait, McCarthy's spy? spy oh, well, I love like, Melissa McCarthy. Is like my I haven't seen that. But oh, well, it's old. It, but... 
I mean, it's not old. It's it came out like two years, years ago. <laughs> I mean, old. This is like two, 2019. I, things are old a month later. <laughs> Dumbo is old. I just love. I I guess I was when you asked me this question uh, or you emailed me this question. I was like, what is like basic that I still recommend <laughs> that like people right. Because, oh, here's the thing is also with indie films right now is like, I or and just films in general, I don't want to be triggered. Right. It's a very sensitive time. Right. Like, the it only is. thing I can watch is SpongeBob right now without getting triggered and like, anxiety. <laughs> right. So, like, I was like, yeah, Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Can I say a TV one? Please. Do you watch Nailed It? Nailed it. I, oh, that, um, who, that is, um, what is her name? The it's a comedian, comedian who hosts that. Uh, uh, Nicole Byers. I just worked with her. Oh yeah, yeah, and she is fantastic in person, and she's she's so funny. She's so, funny. Um, so she has this show called Nailed It. Uh, it's like three seasons on. Yeah, this sorry, this is TV, um, but it's on Netflix, and it's like people amateur bakers making cakes. Okay, and they have like, but they're the most ridiculous. Nobody can make. I can't make a three tiered wedding cake right it's like designed like you know a shoe box like you can't like no one can make these things but i think that everybody knows that they suck too so it's like it's fun <laughs> they because just lean it's like, into it yeah like no one's that's the kind of world i like is where we can all like make fun of each other and just have yeah. fun and just know we all suck sometimes and like right. we don't have certain skills and so like why not just have fun so in this age of anxiety and social media <laughs> Spy. And sensitivity. Spy. Spy Melissa McCarthy nailed it on Netflix. Just let's fill our lives with joy, just as much color and music as possible in this chaotic time. And if you want color and music, I suggest you also check out About a Short Film, which will be screening August 24th at 9.30 p.m. at the Let Live Theater in West Hollywood as a part of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Kevin Yee will be there. You're coming, right? I'm there. Okay, cool. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us on thank Film you. Forward, and we will uh, we look forward to seeing you at the festival. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time. <laughs> <laughs>